Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dev Chen Symposium. I'm Yves Chen, and I'm Alex Severo. This is the place where interesting topics are discussed, ideas are examined, and culture fused. All opinions are welcome, and we embrace beliefs from all walks of life, big or small. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode two for the Dev Chen Symposium. I'm your host Yves Chen, and I'm Alex Devereaux. Welcome back to our second episode. Welcome back. So we're really thrilled to see our first episode come out, and、mm-hmm. then we tell every one of our friends, families, there are a lot of great feedback, and of course, there are a lot of space for us to improve on. So. Mr. Alex, how do you feel like our first episode? Are you less nervous right now? <laughs> well, I'm definitely a little bit less nervous now that everything is set up, but I also feel very uplifted because of some of the great comments I've received. I remember hearing some glowing comments via Facebook and Instagram. One comment that comes from a very dear friend of mine. His name is Adam. He basically said that he's very happy that there are people talking about exactly what's on his mind. Wow! And he's a college-age kid like us. He's a very yeah, talented、definitely. cinematographer. And hearing him say these things, and hearing him say just this glowing compliment, it just uplifts your spirits in a kind of way that lets you know that you're doing the right thing at the end of the day. Definitely, we were actually a little bit nervous. I mean,、mm-hmm. both of us, we we, we know it. <laughs> we say like we're not nervous now, but we're nervous.、Um, right. A lot of my friends also said it's very. Uh, important topic to discuss at this special time, and then I'm really glad that we can put this topic outside to see the feedback from our friends and also our audience in general. So whatever content that you're willing to listen and then hear, please comment below and then like us from Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes,、um, Spotify, every platform. So we will wish to see you guys there. And if you want to support the podcast in a material kind of way, or support the podcast even further, be sure to visit our Patreon account and visit our Patreon page. We'll be posting new updates on the page continually, and there are multiple tiers that you can support. There's a three dollar tier, five dollar tier, and a ten dollar tier, each with its own select group of benefits. So we hope to see you all there, and hope to see you soon. Yeah, thanks everyone. We wish can give our motivation for keeping our content and interesting stuff, creative juice flowing forwards. So we're really excited to welcome everyone back to today's topic: cultural identities and articulation through dance. So for this topic, like I mean, I just I'm so excited about today's topic. Like to me, dance is a way to communicate myself. It's a pure joy. It's a pure ecstasy for me. And then to me, I think it's better than alcohol, better than party. Better than drug, better than so many other things in the entire world, and、yes. art as well. Dance and art go hands in hand together, as well as music. I think people、mm-hmm. just in general express themselves, communicate their emotion and cultural identities, as well as life struggles through dance, through music, and then this is our main focus for today. Yeah, very much that. And the thing about dance is that dance itself is about as old as music in human history. Dance is just one of those things that we do, and it's very much recorded throughout human history as like a means of expression. It's a means of not only expressing the culture, but it's also expressing yourself and connecting yourself to the world around you. In fact, there are a lot of dance moves out there that sort of remind you of certain animal forms, like、mm, dance movements yes, of the dog or the dance、right. movements of the horse,、snakes. dance movements of the crow, the snakes, like, yeah, spiders. 
and oh, yes. all that kind of things. So mm-hmm. we discussed about this topic previously, and I know Alex, we have really different tastes. Um, preference in terms of dance genre. So I'm just really excited to kick off today. So we're gonna bring you guys six different kind of genre. So we're gonna discuss about the history, cultural identities, and all the other issues. So why don't we just start off saying what kind of dances do you like? Why do they attract you? Well, the different dance moves that I enjoy are very much along the older traditional routes, so to say. I prefer dance moves that have strong affinities with the cultures and the cultural histories that are being portrayed through them. But I also enjoy dances that are essentially sort of trance-like in their form. For example, when I listen to Gawali music, the dance moves of Sufi dancers, and they're very famously the dancers that sort of spin around as they listen to this kind of music. In fact, there are certain cases where Sufi dancers have actually pirouetted about 300 times. It's like a Guinness Book of World Records for just like mental concentration. And part of the reason why people are able to dance so much and dance in such a very intense, but also just a very beautiful manner is simply because of the fact that they are in the trance through the music and because they are dancing and they're very much in the zone. It's like Eve says, the feeling that you get from dancing is very much the kind of feeling that you get that's like pure ecstasy. You, it's more than alcohol, more than drugs, yeah, more than anything totally else. Totally agree with that. Right. Yeah. So besides Kawali music, what other genres do you want to talk about today? Well, there are two other genres that I would love to talk about, and hopefully we'll have enough time to get into some detail about them. The first one is a Senegalese uh, musical genre. It's called Umbala. And Umbala is a mm. dance form kind of music. And it derives from the Sereo tradition called Njup, N-J-U-U-P. And Njup itself very much is a religious, cultural, musical and dance form that has a very strong affinity for the Serer people themselves. And the other genre is Celtic folk music. Now, when people always hear like Celtic music, they always think of like Irish river dances. They always think of like bagpipes and everything like that. But the music of the Celtic peoples, especially in the British Isles, it was very much the kind of music that inspires movement, that inspires activity, especially in Scotland, where they have a particular event called the Cayley. And with the Cayleys, the kind of music mm-hmm. that you hear there Imagine the kind of music you would hear in the film Titanic when Kate and Leo's characters are dancing yeah. in the holds and they end up yeah. dancing around dancing around and listening to right. that kind of music. It's that kind of atmosphere and that kind of joys that really develops when the community comes together and listens to the kind of music. Right, definitely. I feel like that's definitely like a party dance and then a very energetic, very cheerful, very thrilled. It reminds me of like Titanic, exactly as you said. I think it's a very interesting way just to kick it off. And for me, okay, so I'm going to bring you guys very different genres. And I'm really actually curious to hear what Alex will say later of his genres because I have no idea <laughs> what her day. I mean, I know like a little bit of it, but I'm excited to get into the more detail. For me, of course, dance hall is something that I really want to talk about, especially when you mention about like more party vibe. But as a dancer, well, I'm a dancer, <laughs> first of all. If you guys don't know, I'm a dancer. Um, and then my main genre is hip hop. And I love street jazz. I love jazz funk. And also I do a little bit of voguing. So today I'm going to focus on hip hop music, hip hop dance, of course, and also voguing ballroom culture. And then the last but not the least, the dance hall culture. So, Gawali music, let's start off with that. Like, Alex, like, when did you start get really interested in this music? 
And what's your journey with that music? Tell me more about it. Because I heard you saying that for like so many times, but、oh, I、yeah. really want to know more details. <laughs> well, if there's one thing that you definitely want, if you ever want to get on my good side and you ever want to hear me like be very expressive and pop and positive, just mention Kawali music. Kawali music in its heart. <laughs> Will we ever get to hear the best side? Sorry.、Uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, hopefully not. <laughs> well, the- just an interruption. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Not a problem. So Kawali music itself, the basis of it, is purity, expression, and positivity.、Hmm. It comes from a tradition established by the Chistia Order that was founded in South Asia, and it was originally created in the form called Sama. It was meant to bring people together and try to teach people about Islam and try to teach people、hmm. about the religion, because India itself is a very musical place. And it was all started by a man named Moyundin Chisti. And he had multiple disciples, but one disciple was named Amir Husaro.、Mm-hmm. And Amir Husaro, he is probably a Mozart from the Middle Ages. Oh, really? Ages. Wow!、He、is the one? Oh, yeah. He was the one who invented the tabla、mm-hmm. drums. He invented、mm-hmm. the sitar, and he's the one who created Kawali、mm-hmm. music. And the word Kawali itself comes from his tradition of performing、mm-hmm. the music. And the whole basis of Kawali, it's to express the emotions that you feel when. You pray when you're devoted to God, but it's also the kind of feelings that you feel when you go about life in a positive manner. So it's the emotions、mm-hmm. of love, emotions of loyalty, emotions of positivity when you do the things that bring you joy or do things of great accomplishment. So it is a very like spiritual and religious based、mm-hmm. dance genre and music genre as well. Yes, it's very religious based. However, it has gone beyond religion itself. Because of the efforts of Kabali musicians like Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, the Sabri brothers, Aziz Mia, Abida Parveen, all of these different musical dynasties, which have performed Kabali music for six hundred years, they all brought the music to the mainstream, and they com- began combining it with several different genres, especially Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. And so now Kabali, now when you mention it in India or Pakistan, it's really much more of a popular style of music, even though the songs are much shorter. Even though the context in which the music is played is outside of the mosques, it's played on stations like Coke Studio and different like mega Bollywood films. The essence of it all is still there: the emotions, the rawness, and just the talent itself. Because keep in mind, when Kawali music was being performed and perfected, there was no auto tuning, there was no technology there that could help people make their voices better. Every singer who sings Kawali music before the modern age has to hit those notes. They have to have four to five octave range, six octave ranges. They have to be able to maintain those ranges. They、mm. have to sing in a way that doesn't damage their vocal cords, because if they make a mistake when they're recording it, and these songs can last upwards of about half an hour long. If wow, are mi- you serious? Oh yeah. So that's where the true masters are formed. Oh yes. Right. The true. Oh、masters. my gosh. Now since like now we are talking about <laughs> the whole podcast through. Microphone, of course, we do like post editing, so we can fix our a little bit like nitty gritty of un and ah and hey and whatnot, right? But I think, as according to what you just said, it's just yeah, like you have really have to like know your stuff and master your talents、yeah. in order to perform. Yeah. So when did you start getting really interested in Kabali music? So Kabali music, I began listening to after listening to a rendition of Peter Gabriel's "In Your Eyes." It was for the MTV Music Awards, and Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan was there, and、mm. I'm just listening to the song, and I hear this 
South Asian-esque kind of voice. And I grew up listening mm-hmm. to Bollywood music, so I can pretty much recognize a South Asian musical style just by ear, whether it's Bollywood or mm. uh, re- Hindu religious music. But this was a kind of music that was different because it had elements of like Middle Eastern music, Arabic music, as well as Hindustani music. And just hearing Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan's voice, you could pretty much understand that this was a voice that you would never hear, that you have never heard in your entire life. I think you mentioned that person to me the first time we have oh, yeah. ever met, right? Oh, yeah. Because we were at the, we had Blue Bottle. Uh, by the way, I really wish Blue Bottle could be open as soon as possible in New York City. But we were meeting there <laughs> and then we were having all the conversations like, hey, like, your film and like I'm like art and this like whatnot and then you mentioned about this person I was like wow mm-hmm. oh yes so I mean like for everyone who does not have like a visual image shall we just play a little bit of it sure um, for our audience mm-hmm. to get a like more concrete sense of what exactly it sounds like yeah very impactful you see and it very much has a lot yeah. of rhythm to it it has a lot of tunes to it and Nusrat's voice Definitely. itself is very grainy but it's also very much a combination of the head and the chest voice what's what's known as a mixed voice wow. at least on my end it looks very performative oh, yes. you know like when they use their instruments hands vocals coordinations between one person to another yeah. everything is very like it has to be perfect like we were just talking about oh, yes. you know like the person he, people can cannot make any mistakes oh, literally and the perfection itself is actually based on the Amayaso which is Nusrat himself Nusrat had a reputation of being an absolute perfectionist if you made a mistake in the recording studio or per- performing live he would kick you out right there on the spot I think the first time that we met, we were talking about Kowali music and then, you know, but we were like doing our introduction. Finally, I personally get a more concrete idea upon what Kowali music actually is. So I'm really excited. So continuing from Kowali music and moving on from Kowali music itself, we want to talk about a little bit about hip hop, which is a genre of music that Eve has a very much strong connection to yes. from her dance and from her right. dancing enterprises, from her artistic love. For dance. So, Eve, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the hip hop genre from your perspective? Right. I think I personally has a such strong bond with hip hop. I'm a dancer. I mean, for those who know, I'm a dancer. <laughs> Second time. Uh, for me, my major mm-hmm. dance genre, I have, a, I love a lot like hip hop, street jazz, jazz funk, ballroom culture, voguing, which we're gonna talk about later. I love dance hall. Mm-hmm. Also, there are several new elements in style that I wanted to dive into. But I think hip-hop, I just extremely love. 
In all, hip hop is a culture and art movement that is created by African Americans, Latino Americans, and Caribbean Americans, and also others in Bronx, New York City. There are four elements that are traditionally considered as essential to understand hip hop musicality. I mean, there are different versions, but like this one version is four elements. Of course, they are rapping, DJing, b boying, breaking dance, aka, and also graffiti. And then for today, we're going to specifically tailor down to hip-hop dance, which referred to a street dance style primarily performed to hip-hop music. And that's part of the involvement for the entire hip-hop culture. Of course, like hip-hop wow. is a very, very general term, right? And there, there are so many different elements. And hip-hop originated and then transcended from breaking, which is a street performance style. In the hip-hop, there are housing, which is, you know, like a style majorly focusing on food movement. And then there's popping, focusing on like muscles, and as well as, you know, uh, locking, cramping, and then so many different kind of things. So when we say hip-hop music, it's not just, I guess, it's not just what everybody think of scenes from the YouTube or scenes are really beautiful and then like the choreo is really like just insanely fire on Instagram. I mean, they're a really great part of the entire hip hop culture, but the hip hop itself, it's way more than that. And fun fact, I actually started off as a studio dancer. Well, it's a weird term, mm. but yeah, I guess. Wow. Um, so yeah, I started doing hip-hop when I was little and then kind of like being exposed to different genres. But I think the first official training was two years ago. So I will call myself, mm -hmm. I'm training hip-hop for two years so far. You know, moving to New York City, when I see the people here, the places where this dance genre is born, when I see studios, a lot of amazing dancers, artists, choreographers, they are teaching their like just insanely hard style. And I just like basically stuck my ass into studio. And I couldn't really <laughs> like, yeah, it's like so hard. But mm -hmm. like I said, I think the whole dance genre is a pure joy to me. Whenever I go past that physical pain, my mind is just super, super fulfilled. And then that's how I gain my pleasure. After a while, I danced to so many like classes and studio training, meeting with the best of the best professional dancers in New York City. Well, I kind of like get more into like street underground culture battle, the really rough stuff, the rusty, raw, original stuff. But I think those are where the saws come from. Because when the whole thing first started, people, you know, they don't have studios. You know, they have different styles, different guns, different bodies, and different territories to, for them to perform. And then one group cannot, mm -hmm. you know, use other people's territory to perform because it's really offensive. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, those are the cultures that give this whole dance genre life, spirit, and moment. So I've, in my experience, I've listened to hip-hop music from many different places. It's like new school hip-hop, or it's just like the modern industry. Mm -hmm. But then you hear this sort of word called old school hip-hop, mm -hmm. which is sort of things like Wu-Tang Clan, mm -hmm. uh, NWA, and different genres like that. So how would you sort of describe like the new school hip-hop dance moves from like old school hip-hop dance moves? And the sort of development from old school into mm. new school. Wu-Tang is, is my man, yeah. I think he is like the... <laughs> not, well, I mean, you can have a different opinion, but for me, he is the one. Um, he inspires so many people. But back to your question, like the new school and then old school. Like I said, new school, a lot of movement development from the whole music genre. There are a lot of like trap 
elements get into it instead of the really heavy beats, Brooklyn, Bronx, like old school hip hop. I think new school has like more、um, elements and also a little bit more like commercial into it. So there are a lot of studios right now with the rise of social media. Everything is really popular. There are really good benefits for social media because they expose our street culture, underground culture, into a way larger audience. But at the same time, it also raises a very serious question: like, so what about this new school versus old school thing? And it is a continuous debate in the dance industry. There are a lot of problems, issues、um, arise from Instagram and also social media. I do feel like. I do advocate here myself that、um, dancers who want to know this genre more or are newly to this industry, I really do encourage people to get more into the rawness, like the originality of the whole hip hop history, and then to know the underground culture. Because I personally is really important to understand the origin and feel that sentiment and feel the soul, the life struggle in the dance genre, and I think that's how one differentiate. One good dancer from an excellent dancer, because whenever an、wow. excellent dancer does a move, you can see the intention, you can see the purpose, because there is story to it. But whenever I、mm-hmm. go to, like for example, um, Broadway Dance Center or like California, their millennials, their playground, their movement lifestyle, there are just way so many, so many dancers. And when I first started, I'm like, I suck. <laughs> That's crazy. But as in, as my journey continues, I see people who really just put their entire soul and purpose into the dancing.、Mm-hmm. That's very important.、Wow. So I do wish, um. People to know more about the history about hip hop, and also get out of your comfort zone. Definitely, absolutely. Now, do you have a sample of hip hop that we could listen to? The, the kind of music that you would dance to, you would enjoy dancing to? Yeah, definitely. So for me, I mean, like, I feel like there's just so many different kind of hip hop music. It's so hard for me to pick one, but I'm gonna pick one that I usually、um, improv to. Like every morning, and I do encourage everyone who loves dance, who are in the industry, to improv. Strong beat. Yeah, it is. And then that's my favorite because in battle, and then in a lot of freestyle improv session, different beats are the major things that dancers need to pay attention to. In music, like for example, when one person is composing, there are different elements. As a dancer, our job is to listen, use our ear to differentiate one element from another, as well as use our body, use our knowledge to perform and visualize different kind of special sound effect、Incredible. or musicality. And I think that's like the very important point for hip hop、mm-hmm. dancers. Yeah, and you can definitely hear the regiments within the song itself. You see, it's like it begins with one cycle. Then you hear a little sound that signals the progression, the next progression, which goes to the next progression, to the next progression, and it's just a very wonderful thing to hear. Definitely, I think there are still a lot of different things to explore. So we can maybe do like a special hip hop session, and I'll invite my industry dance friends, and also 
if I mean I hope the whole quarantine is gonna finish as soon as possible so we can get back to the mm-hmm. underground street party. I will post my info if there is anything happen in my Instagram. So if anyone is interested, welcome mm-hmm. to the world. I'll see you there in the party. And I definitely think that just these social interactions, that's part of the reason why music and dance is so powerful. It brings people together in a positive atmosphere. And one genre that I listen to that very much expresses this is a genre of music found in Western Africa called Mbala. Now, Mbala is found in Senegal, and it's essentially a development from an earlier musical form called Njup, which is a musical form that was created by the Serer people of Senegal. And the Serer mm. created Njup based on religious traditions as well as social and cultural traditions as this sort of religious kind of music perfected by griots, who were the storytellers. They were the sort of the individuals that held the knowledge of the history of the entire community. And from Njup came Mbala, which is this dance form of music with an accelerated beat. And it essentially is all about the dance. It's about mm-hmm. uplifting music with a positive, lighter tone, which is far different from hip-hop, where you have like darker tonalities and deeper tones. And one of the main singers who epitomizes this is a man named Yusu Endur, whose song Lang we'll be listening to a little bit later on. But the whole basis for Yusu Endur's music is all about uplifting positive qualities and all about dance. And the way you dance in Mbala, and one of the dance forms I sort of read about, is that it all comes, in anatomical sense, from the knees and from the hips. Oh, that's interesting. And when you use your arms, you're sort of causing your body to sort of jerk or twerk a little bit Mm -hmm. to cause a major movement within the body. So you can see the hips move, you can see the legs move, and you can see like the legs move up and down. And one description, it was almost like if you see a dog lifting its leg up and down, up and down in that same kind of motion. And it's all about controlling your movements in that way, but making it very expressive and very dynamic at the same time. Is that a social dance as well? Mm Mm-hmm. It's very much so. Because the dancing itself and being involved into the dance and into the music, it's very much an expression of the culture itself and the passions and the vibrancies of the Serer culture itself. But it takes it to a whole new level because there's a lot more instruments that are available, like electric guitars, big band music. And you combine that with the traditional instruments of Western Africa, with the drums, with horns, and with a whole bunch of different instruments along Mm. those lines. That's great. Fantastic. Um, let me just visualize it to you guys. And I think I'm just, lis- after saying listening to what you said, um, I think it's just really important to insert a piece of music right here. Wow, this is so happy. Yeah. You can tell right from the get-go. Yeah, exactly. So you can hear in his voice, his mm-hmm. sort of nasal qualities, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's being supported by a very, very strong core and a very, very strong breath. Right. I love how they make the social dance into a concert because oh, I yeah. think it's like a very um, human-centered music and the happiness and everything is just more enhanced and magnified through social interaction from one person to another. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I hope I can go to a concert like that as soon as possible, but I feel like that's not gonna happen until next year. <laughs> oh, yes. Same thing here. Sad. One of my bucket list items is to see Yusu Endor live or see Imbala Musician live. This is beautiful. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just yeah. imagine like if you go to like a party or something, play that. Even if put it into a more like hip hop or like dance hall or like Afro beats music infused club, it's also gonna like perfectly make us through. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Mm. And the thing about Nbala music, it's just it's gotten to such a point that it's now one of the most popular musical genres mm. throughout the mm -hmm. world. And Yusu Endor has sort of catapulted this kind of music and added this influence and sort of mm. permeated into multiple cultures around the world. And that's the beautiful thing about music, it's the universality of it. People may think it's like a Western African genre or something along those lines, but music really has no genre and it has no language. Yeah, I agree with you. But you can still you. hear it and understand that it's a beautiful, exactly. beautiful tune. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And moving along from Imbala, there's a musical genre that... I'm hoping we can explore and that if is very knowledgeable about and it's called Vogue. Okay, first of all, I think personally it's a very stylish dance and it is originated from the late 1980s. It is evolved out of the Harlem ballroom scene. So mm. as it danced by African American and also Latino gay trans people all the way from the early like 1960s to um, 1980s, it gains the mainstream exposure from like, I don't know if you know this music video, McDonald's song, The Vogue. Mm -hmm. Yes, the whole music genre is showcases in Paris is Burning. Oh, it's a wow. documentary. I mentioned that to you before. Oh, yes, um, definitely. Yeah, it won the prize at 1991's The Sundance Film Festival. I think it's a very, very good source for understanding whole history for voguing. For me mm -hmm. personally, voguing, I also have a very special connection to I will say hip hop, I kind of like more exp express my rebellionist masculinity, but mm. and also a lot of like different sentiment. But voguing, I majorly just express my femininity and also um, different kind, like it's kind of like yin and yang. I express myself in different music genre. Mm -hmm. For voguing, I think the most thing that fascinates me is the ballroom culture. Mm -hmm. So in Vogue, there are kind of different houses, like House of the really big one, House of Extravaganza, House of Lobasia, House of Ebony, House of West, of course, my favorite House of Ninja. Those houses are kind of like the sorority or fraternity organizations across the world. Wow. If you're in House of Ninja, I have my friends who are in House of Ninja in Taiwan, um, in Singapore, and in Paris, of course, in New York City. Whenever you go, there is this mother and father for an entire house. There are different ranking. There is legendary. There is icon. And of course, there are babies. So you go there, you go get to know your family. And whenever a house hosts a ballroom, for example, okay, today our house of um, extravaganza, we're going to host a ball. Every house are welcomed and then there are different categories. So the categories are also very interesting to define. The really famous ones, um, for example, there's Butch Queen Vogue Farm, there is um, Farm Queen Realness, there is Runway, which is, you know, participant use their ability to walk like a supermodel. Mm -hmm. There are way more 
supermodel-ish than the actual supermodel. I can assure you,、wow. it's like just eye-opening. Exactly, there is bizarre, and then there is specific category dedicated to face, body, hands. Different elements for the voguing culture, and of course there is sex siren, which is participant will do their best to tease the judges, which is actually one of my favorite categories.、Wow. So all the different kind of categories just make the participants to realize their dream, and I think for voguing, the people who participate in it, like I said previously for hip hop and the dancing in general, people have. Life struggle, and then people have story to tell.、Mm-hmm. People have all different kind of sentiments and knowledge and cultural identity to express. Whatever、um, economic struggles or socioeconomic status struggles or resources that you know you can't necessarily get access to your glamorous dream, but、mm. in this community in ballroom culture, you can express your glamorous. You can be your supermodel. You can be your queen. In this、wow. community, yeah, that's the most fascinating part for voguing to me.、Mm-hmm. So, is there a sample of Vogue that we can listen to? That the kind of、uh, music that sort of encourages Vogue dancing? Sure,、um, voguing is also very interesting because everything is very improv. And、mm-hmm. it's also more like a battle, so it really depends on the music itself, and as well as the host. The host will create a different kind of sound effect to stimulate the dancers. But、wow. of course, we can't hear a sample of that. By the way, it's also one of my improv battle music. <laughs> Are we going to see you、I、dance know, a little bit? I have so many. I can dance right now, but yeah, <laughs> if we ever do this through videos, we can visualize it. <laughs> so it's not just us talking.、Uh, yes. Well, I mean, I will dance when we're playing this part of music, so you guys can just imagine me dancing to this music.、Mm-hmm. And when we have a YouTube、All、channel, right, we'll me... probably have some footage of dance and different musical styles and everything like that. I will have a lot of footage of dance. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. Okay, let me share it. And here is where the host will usually come in, and then based on different performers, the host will create different kind of interesting sound dedicated to the performer to stimulate the whole vibe and then the whole battle. Yes, I just love the heavy beats and the sort of like you can really feel that there's no holds bar. That you can essentially behave in any kind of way and it'll still、mm-hmm. be accepted. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Everything, exactly, exactly. There are five, six elements in Vogue Farm, which is、um, one part of the very important. Well, there is well a little bit more technicality. There is old way, there is new way, there is Vogue Farm, and then a farm originated from the French word. Farm, which is woman. So there are like duck walk, cat walk, hands floor performance, spin and dips, and then performers will use all different kind of elements to express themselves. One of like a few of the most amazing voguing dancers in the New York City. I do wish to see you guys very soon. I mean, usually Vogue Ball will be like a hundred people ish, so it's not COVID friendly. Now. Moving along from Vogue, I'm going to take us to a very different kind of standpoint, away from like New York, away from the sort of metropolitan dance styles, right to the rural countries of the British Isles and like Scotland and Ireland to Celtic folk music. Now, Celtic folk music and the dance that sort of accompanies 
Celtic folk music is definitely one of those dance styles that very much brings out the same kinds of emotions, but it's in a very different context. So the dancing is very much attuned to the culture and the dancing itself mm-hmm. is very much lively and it's got full spirit and strength. If you ever watch Titanic and you see the scene where Leo DiCaprio and Cape's characters come yeah, together I and they end up that. dancing, that's the kind of music that's there. But that's more mm-hmm. along the Irish tradition, so to say. In the Scottish tradition, it's a similar right. kind of dance moves, only there's a slight difference. In Ireland, they don't move their arms. They keep their arms to their sides and they mostly dance with their feet. And they dance around in that kind of way. Is that because like they need to perform their body and then present that sophistication to the public? Sort of. But I'm not sure exactly where sort the tradition of. developed. But that's definitely mm. one of the key traits of Irish dancing. In Scottish dancing and okay. Highland dancing, they are much more expressive about the arms. And they're very much along mm. the lines of like dancing with their arms as well as their legs. And dancing around in sort of situations like Kaylee's. And for those of you who don't know, mm. a Kaylee is a Celtic dance. It's like a party of sorts where a bunch of people come together and they dance to a very particular kind of Scottish music. And I remember going to a Kaylee when I was in London and very much it was along those lines of people dancing in lines, dancing in rows, spinning around, and the music would keep getting faster and faster and faster and faster. And by the end of the first song, which would be like 15, 20 minutes later, very similar to Kawali music, you'd end up be sweating buckets. It would be just this very fun dance form and people would just be going and going and going until they just can't dance anymore. So it's also a social form. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I definitely think there are a few Scottish folk singers and a few Irish folk singers as well that you can definitely listen listen to. But one of my favorite bands in this genre is a band called the Corries. And the Corries is spelled C-O-R-R-I-E-S. Mm-hmm. And the story about the Cordes is these two men, almost like Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. And they have one individual who's like a higher voice, the other one who's a lower voice. Mm. But they sing all of these old Scottish folk tunes and ballads and everything mm. like that. And there's one song that I was able to bring. It's called the Bres of Kilikranki. And it's this very lively, very spirited tune describing about the sort of... Uh, I'm not sure how to describe it because it's not a particular purpose to the song itself but there is a very strong component of a couple different vignettes and you can tell that there's a couple different subjects that are being discussed okay so let's just go ahead let me open this This is in live audio. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's live, and the singer's very talented. Mm-hmm. Oh, but listen to this verse. I can imagine in a party with that music. Oh, yeah. People dancing around and just being very spirited and lively. It's like kind of things you would hear in a pub. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's what I was thinking about. Like, in the... During that time, like in that pub, that kind of vibe. Oh, yes. And the people who would be dancing around, it's the same kind of thing in vogue. It doesn't really matter if you're a talented dancer. 
but it is the kind of thing where you just gotta be involved in the spirit and just push yourself and be brave enough to stand in the middle of the floor and dance with your sweetheart to the <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I think speaking of like social focused dancing, that really reminds me of dance hall because dance hall is just something that just totally blew my mind. Did I tell you my story about dance hall? I think I, I don't did. think you did. did I? I think you mentioned a little I did. bit of it. But... I did. Oh, you did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. So yeah, but dancehall in general, it's a genre for Jamaican popular music. Ah, Originated yes. in, yes, in the late um, 1970s. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not an expert in dancehall this genre particularly, but my impression for the whole dancehall and the whole dance community in New York City, at least, they're really, really community-based. They're very supportive. And people who know one another, they really just cultivate a bond between each other. And I think that really, really impressed me. Besides that, their party is magnificent. Mm-hmm. It's like the craziest party I have ever been to. And I remember there's this party that I went to. A lot of the professional dance hall people come to the party. And when one person perform a certain move, and of, of course everyone there is they're kind of like dancers, everyone started doing the same move. Can you imagine that? Like oh, several... Yeah. Yeah, like about a hundred-ish people doing the same move. That kind of like energy, it really just really touched me. Um, and being a part of a collective. Exactly, exactly. And also people can just go crazy and then just can go all the way off. I left around three o'clock in the morning. Around that time, like, well, people get drunk, a little bit high. And then <laughs> I saw like some wildest things i have ever think people are kind of, like they probably like just fly from one table to another and then when i look up there are people like in the ceilings and i will look down there are people on the floor wow. so it's a little bit exaggerated but it's a very fun thing to watch and i think after that party i literally feel like oh my god i don't need another party for a year <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> but i just awesome. really really like it mm. yeah let me just play a little amazing. bit for yeah, dance hall. For dance hall, it is also there are different sub, you know, elements into it. But let me just show something. Oh wow. It is a party so mix, so it's it. even <laughs> even crazier. And it progresses into multiple genres as well. So it begins in one very intense beat, then it progresses into one like less electronic sound, then it progresses into an even more electronic. It slows down, goes up. So yeah, I think in the whole dance hall genre, there are also multiple style within this dance hall. It's really just fun mm-hmm. to explore and then see those elements be played out mm-hmm. by music, by bands, concert, and also dancers themselves. 
Yeah, it's very wonderful to listen to this kind of music, especially since it has uh, Jamaican roots, like you mm. say. I and mean, most of the mm. Jamaican music that I listen to, and this genre of music has almost become sort of a cliche for Jamaica, is reggae music, mm-hmm. like Bob Marley and singers of that nature. But to listen to this kind of dancehall music, it almost combines elements of reggae and may combine elements of ska, even though I don't really listen to too much ska. Mm-hmm. You can hear sort of a combination of the two and multiple different right. sounds. But the main thing that I sort of hear is I hear this sort of city-esque kind of sound. It almost reminds me of the streets of New York. And just walking around, you see this kind of metal around (laughs) you. You see this kind of technology around you and the electronics. You hear the sort of passion that's Mm -hmm. there. And that sort of music and that sort of uh, tradition, so to say, about being in the city really is just evoked through this kind of dance hall music. Yeah, I think... The places you're at, you can really, really just feel it. For example, when I was at different cities around the globe, I wouldn't feel that strong sense of hip-hop or ballroom culture or dance hall, you know, like in Jamaican. Um, So I think Mm -hmm. culture and then the whole bigger context are really important for dance, music, art in general. I think that's why we really need to dissect and talk about the cultural identities and articulation through dance. Because each person's story for music, genre, life struggle, achievement, joy, bitter, is different. And everyone's story is different. So when they dance, they can present a different reality to the audience. They can tell their own story. They can inform and correlate with different group of people. So I think that's the most powerful thing Mm -hmm. on art, dance in general. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Art and dance. It's exactly, exactly that. Honestly, there's no other way to really describe it. I mean, it has that kind of beauty. It's that kind of power and it's just that kind of transcending mm-hmm. element so to say you understand you're sort of getting into a realm that is not mm-hmm. here that is not in the physical right. it's in the mind it's mm-hmm. in the spirit it's in the emotions and you almost sort of have this sort of ecstasy yes. and i always keep using the word ecstasy because it is ecstasy of just pure emotion mm-hmm. it is it very mm-hmm. much ecstasy i totally agree with you I really wish that we can bring more genres to today's podcast, but I think we have a mm-hmm. lot of time. So maybe in the future, we can do a specific dance genre. For example, we can do a specific voguing scene podcast, um, talk a little bit more about details. Yeah. There are just way more things for us to include in this topic. It is a very big topic, but I think for today's podcast, I hope um, we bring a broader picture So from the bigger picture, if you want to do more research and then more digging, welcome to comment below. For hip-hop, voguing, and dancehall specifically, welcome to my own personal Instagram page. And whenever you see a lot of the info for um, virtual, now we have virtual party, ladies and gentlemen. Or, you know, after the COVID, (laughs) if there are real party, I'm posting those things like, you know, constantly. So if I can see you there, that's wonderful. And in, on my end, if you want to find links to the music that we talked about, the genres, I'll be posting them on my Instagram page as well and on DevChem Symposium. And that way you can sort of listen to this music on your own time. And if you ever want to feel like any uplifting kinds of music, you can definitely just put on that song while you're working out or cooking a meal or something or like that. Or when you're doing your graduation, you can listen to Koali music. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Right. Um, 
we talk about Gawali music in graduation last episode. For you yeah, guys, if you don't know that, what we're referring to. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is all we have for today's in Depth Chain Symposium Episode Two: Cultural Identities and Articulations Through Dance. If you have suggestions, comments, or you're trying to find a link, or do you want to talk about specific things for today's,、um, welcome to DM us. To our Instagram page, Facebook, we're gonna put everything content into Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, maybe Google Play. So yeah, I'll hope to see you guys next week Friday. Yep, be sure tune in next week Friday, and also be sure to visit our Patreon account for more updates. And if you ever want to support the podcast, just be sure to visit the page, donate as much as you can. We'll be using the money to help get special guests, or coordinate interviews, get better equipment, even. And just keep improving the quality of the podcast itself. Hope、all、to、right. see you all next week. See you next week. Have a great weekend.